Welcome everyone to the 12th episode of the New Gen Mindset Podcast. I'm Dan Kozell here with uh, Nick Tartaglia. Man, what is going on in the world right now? It's it's funny, man. It's this COVID, this 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 compounding of post COVID just doesn't stop. It's so. I don't even like it's every week just something more happens, something new happens, something interesting happens, something different happens. It's just there's no it doesn't seem there's an end to it right now. It's just a snowball effect of like negativity. Right. And I think what's interesting now is, you know, we're in the summer months. We've been on lockdown for close to four months now coming up. And um, at least it's nice outside. So that helps. Yeah. Um, because I can at least, uh, at least at le- yeah, exactly. But, um, I think what we're going to focus on today's episode, man, is, uh, the market and yeah. the way it's behaving and this whole day trading mindset, um, of gamblers. Cause that's what it is. Um, yeah. shout out to Dave Portnoy. Love that guy. But, um, I don't <laughs> he think did well, he, but he was lucky. I, I don't think he's real. I don't think he realizes though, what risk is on the table. So I hope no. if he's listening, he'll probably have an opportunity to understand because that's why we're here. But we really got to talk about this phenomenon that's happening in the market because on Thursday, uh, the market tanked and it was a fat red candle. If yeah. I've ever seen one and we have not seen a fat red candle like that since uh, 12 March. months, 12 weeks, 12 weeks. It said about 12 weeks. Exactly. Yeah. So it was March. It was March 18th uh, when the Dow hit a bottom supposed bottom. We'll say um, we don't know if that's going to break through, but there's a lot of stuff happening right now. Um, yeah. We're going to focus more on the market side. Unfortunately, the market has no conscious. It doesn't care about the riots that are happening in the U S but they are compounding. And there's a lot of stuff happening uh, that could potentially impact sort of the history of the world. But um, again, we're going to focus on the market side of this. Nick, I know one thing that really got to you this week was Hertz. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that just made absolutely no sense. And if there's ever a time where I was literally facing a group of millennials or people my age, I would literally ask them, like, what is wrong with you? Like, who? Like, how did you ever finish going to school or like what thought process leads leads you to believe that you're going to play a random pure speculative maybe pop because of the fact well i'm going bankrupt and well now that everybody wants to buy my stock that i'm dying i'm going to do a billion dollar raise and you know what the grant the 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 the, uh, the judge granted it of course not if i'm going to screw it if you're going to if you think that people are going to give you money let them learn their lesson do it and I think that's what happened too. And just to give people a little bit of context, um, Hertz is an auto rental company uh, that filed for bankruptcy. Um, yeah. They're delisting off the, the exchange, the New York Stock Exchange. Um, when, they, when they filed for bankruptcy, uh, the stock was at about $2 and then it tanked to about 80 cents. And for some odd reason, the 80 cent mark saw an inflow of buyers come in it happened to be probably, and again, we're speculating, but I think it's pretty obvious, a group of Robin Hood investors. These are end retail investors who I think are gambling at this point. Yeah, um, I, think, because- I think I have a kind of, um, I think they're completely ignoring all like in, in, uh, fundamentals. They're just probably just watching the price action only. Yeah, it's a day and, trading. It's a gambling play at this point. Yeah, but the thing is, even real day traders, they have to look at fundamentals to make sure, well, is this... It, it, am I missing something? Or like, if you don't go look at why the stock dropped like that, 
oh, you're playing a dangerous game. Yeah. But, you know, if you bought at that 80 cents, you would have made 400% at the top because it hit a, a top high of $4. So in a way, so I think like- it's, it's, it, it is a form of gambling at that point because the way uh, companies, you know, are structured, especially public companies, and this is just for our listeners too, is there's a lot of tranches of debt and uh, Hertz because, you know, no one's going to rent cars in this environment because who knows what kind of busy, like COVID is just going to start spreading, you know, in a rental car, the travel industry took a hit. It's all linked at that point. Right. So yeah. If, uh, if, if, if you're going to, if we do like a, like, just do a, a, if I were to do a simple little like fundamental analysis right now, and I was to say, well, if I'm going to talk, if I'm going to look at your balance sheet, your financials, and you're going to tell me that three months of almost no activity brings your company to complete bankruptcy. It means that to begin with your financials were already terrible to begin with. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So if this caused that there's if before COVID you had financial problems to begin with, it means that even coming out of COVID, even if the company somehow gets a billion dollar raise and somehow comes out of this, not bankrupt, what, what they're just going to go back to where they were, which is in a terrible financial position. They're not solving anything. You're just allowing them to stay alive for a little longer. But at the end of the day, if you're holding that, that for that period of time, your money's just going to vanish with it. Absolutely. And, um, you know, it's funny you brought, you were talking about fundamentals right now. Um, I bought put, I bought a put on, uh, on Hertz, made, made, made a nice little return on that because of the stupidity that was happening in the market. But I looked at the fundamentals too. And I was just like, this company hasn't had revenue growth in five years. Five years, no revenue growth, just flat. And they just kept adding more debt, adding more debt, adding more debt just to stay afloat. And it's just like, dude, like this is a ticking time bomb. So to exactly. your point of, yo, there are, you know, businesses that were already in trouble. Um, it's obvious and you're seeing it now. And I can almost guarantee you that there's going to be another inflow of bankruptcies that we're going to see. with A hundred percent. I think that as they said now on CNBC, you had the bear market, you have a bull market and now we've redefined. I mean, on the first episode, we had I've even heard, said yeah. it. We even said it. We said it. I think we're the, I, I'm calling it. We're the first ones to say this. We have to start renaming some terms for the market movement because it just doesn't make sense. And guess what? CNBC also came out with a new term, which I 100% agree with, the kangaroo. Yeah. Or the mark, and especially we saw it on Friday of this week. I mean, after that sell-off, the market went, just didn't know where it wanted to go. And you look at it from a, like a long-term time horizon. There's a lot of indecision right now. Oh, Uh, so much fundamental. Just, just, if you were just to write out issues versus pros and cons. Okay. What, and I'm going to base a real, like, especially if your outlook is short-term, if it's long-term, okay, you, 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 you can kind of de-risk yourself a little by going long. But if, you're short, if your horizon is more like a year or two, holy crap, man. Some of the positions you might be entering yourself, they might be complete laggers or just you might not even see a return or you might have to then switch and go long just to offset your potential loss. Like, the economy, oh, it's crazy, man. We've, UNX is officially in a recession. Canada uh, too, right? It's Canada like too. Confirmed at this point. Yeah, you have that. Uh, then you have a second wave now restarting the United States, but with the the Fed, with the, the Fed saying, "Well, you can't shut down the economy. It just doesn't make sense." The the the, the Treasury, what's his name, Doctor Steve Steve Stephen Mnuchin. Yeah, exactly. He said you can't shut down the economy. It's not an option anymore. That's done. So it's like, well. So so let's 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 take this from a very top down approach because this is how I've been investing. I think this is how you've been investing too. Obviously, yeah. day trading is on is, is another part of it. But what I like to do, and I think we could talk about this, is the fact that you got to look at the top down approach. 
right? What's happening at a macro level? There's three things that I see. The Fed said that they're not, uh, they're not going to lower interest rates below zero percent nope. for, for, for at least two years. Okay. Yeah. So it just doesn't make sense they can't do it. Yeah. Uh, Jerome Powell, Papa Burr, that uh, all the Instagram family like to call him, but Mr. Burr Printing Press, um, basically came out and said that the optimist, the, 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 the outlook for the future of the economy is almost so uncertain. And I think that's what causes sell-off because there's a lot of uncertainty. So that's yeah. the first thing, right? The second thing we have is we do not know whether the first wave of COVID has actually rescinded. And what we're seeing now is an actual increase in some parts of the U.S. Florida, yeah, Texas, Florida. Florida had an increase of 2.4% of cases. Okay. Yeah. So now you have to ask yourself the question, are we going to be reliant on cases or the number of deaths? And I think you have to look at it from the number of deaths perspective, because this is direct. And I mean, it's all correlated, but here, um, how many hospital beds are actually filled to the top right now? Here, here's one issue with Florida is Florida has an older population base. They're known to have a much older population base. Right. So if there's going to be one state where people would be a little more worried than traditionally, I think it would be Florida because Florida has a lot of retired people, has a lot of old but people. I, but, I, but I also think that they're testing more because they realize that they were one of the first states after Georgia to open up, well, right? Again, if they are doing that, by all means, good. I just, I'm not, I, I, I don't know in terms, I'm just talking in terms of generally, the older base is where you tend to want to worry a little more. So I feel like Florida is where they, they're going to panic a little more. Right. So let's, 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 st I guess we'll go back to the, to the two, the, the three things, right? So the Fed, yeah. the Fed's decision, zero interest yeah. rates for two years. Um, the they economy, really, yeah, the economy the, won't shut down. The economy is not going to shut down. That's a, I'll call that actually a four things now that you brought that up. Um, the rising COVID cases, when's the first yeah. wave, when's the second wave? I think the last thing too, that no one's really talking about is what's going on with the bond market. Yeah. You know, like there, there is, you know, the Fed came out, they said, Hey, we're going to buy corporate debt. And this is junk bonds, junk debt, right? This is, this is, these are companies, for example, Carnival Cruise Lines is, they have junk debt now. I can almost, I, this is like the riskiest type of debt, you know? And if the company can't grow the revenue for a certain period, that starts to crumble a little bit. And that could actually lead to a much deeper debt crisis. I actually yeah. just thought of a fifth thing right now. Uh, so just hear me out. I think the last thing that most people are not talking about is sort of, okay, what's going to go on? What's going to happen to real estate? Yeah. Right. Because real estate really is the lagging indicator. Of, yeah. Right. Yeah. Of the I agree. Economy. In terms and of asset classes, it hasn't yeah. really, we haven't felt it yet. We haven't felt that yet. And I think that's coming. Yeah. Know? So I agree. What, is, what does that look like? You know, I agree. these are questions that I constantly have. I've been having for the last like two weeks. And then this week, you know, the fed came out that, that assured it. So you've got like, just to solidify, just to solidify what you're saying on the real estate part, for example, when you look at commercial real estate, my godfather, for example, he's a project manager at CN. Okay. Here in Montreal. Right. And uh, normally they all worked in the office as a team of about 50 people. But he was telling me that honestly, they're going to do more of a type of style where like 80, 20, where most of your week you're at home. And that whenever the team needs to meet or you need to like work on the lab or whatever, you just have to book an appointment and you go in and it's scheduled and everybody goes in at the same time. But other than that, you can work and talk from home to each other. Yeah. Unless you actually need to physically be together because it's, it, it's never, it's not really been done before and now we're doing it. Yeah. So they're reducing all their spaces and they're only going to have a couple of floors now rather than before they probably had like 10 floors. So I think it's fair to say that commercial real estate is going to take a massive hit. Yeah. I think they already have. That's not even a question. So now the question, okay, all of this is linked to one thing, right? The banks. Yeah. All of this links back to the banks. Like what are the, how are the banks withstanding it? So 
for some reason, uh, a week ago, the banks were rallying. I mean, the whole market was rallying, right? There was like that crazy insanity yeah. where, where, where we were. Amazon, Microsoft, Facebook, Google, Facebook, like everything just, just pushing, 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 pushing. Yeah. And you reach a point in the market where um, there's too much risk. Right. Yeah. And the risk zone that I see, and if you look at the S&P right now, is kind of that 3,100 level. And that there's a, there's a bit of a gap top there that it needs to kind of fill before it can break out. And if I think if it breaks out, it continues to go up, it'll actually come crashing down much faster. Now, if you look at the graph, if you look at the Dow, if you look at the S&P, if you look at the NASDAQ, there's a, there's a common, there's a common, actually not the NASDAQ, but the Dow and the S&P, there's something called an island reversal. And I put a, I, I drew this out this week. And what this is, is a pattern where you have a gap up for a certain period. And it's usually like, you know, a short period. In this case, it was four days. And then immediately there was a gap down. So then okay. what's left is like at the top there, there's like this little island pennant. And it's usually a sign of a reversal. Now, the question is, is it confirmed yet? We don't know. This is just yeah. me talking technical analysis. Yeah, exactly. And the one thing I've learned with technical analysis is gaps are like magnets. Okay. Mm -hmm. And there's actually four gaps on the way down from this rally that have to get filled. And I've been talking to a lot of people, you know, Bay street, wall street, I've got friends on wall street too. And they're just saying like, dude, this thing is so overvalued, overbought right yeah. now. So the question now, if you were to look at, if you were to look at it as a whole sector wide, I hundred percent agree. But then again, it's the only reason the, the big, see the thing is, L ties back into the amateurs, right? The amateurs, they just see a market rallying, but they don't realize that from an institutional perspective, some of the biggest names that they entered that really pushed the market up were the biggest boys, the big tech guys, you know, yeah. Amazon, Google, Facebook, Microsoft. These guys collectively were five, six trillion dollars. So it's given that if they start recovering, that the S&P, which they make, uh, they make a huge weighted average of the market in general, of course, if they start recovering and pushing all-time highs, that the rest of the market is just going to follow with it. So then you have everybody else saying, well, the market's recovering. I'm going to ignore all my fundamentals. I'm just going to start trading because it appears to be like a bull market. And that's usually the worst time to buy historically. Oh, it's crazy. Because and they're buying at a high right now when yeah. so much, like you said, right? There's so many macroeconomic reasons that make, you worry, that make you like pause, like calm down. And now like at our age right now, if you're young, it's, it's not a matter of rushing. You don't, you, it, time is on your side. So right now it's a matter of just being patient and observing. Observe how the market's behaving. Like, like we said, right? We have the kangaroo uh, movement now. Like there's so many things that are occurring right now that have never been seen before. Yeah. So if, you, if you're a rational person, you're going to say, well, there's so much unknown, so many new variables, so many new behaviors. Yeah, I'm going to act as though everything coming after is exactly the same as usual. No. Right now we're entering well, a new point. And that's something called historical bias, but continue. Yeah, exactly. So I was just about to say, if hit, like you, history says one thing, but currently in our present time, a lot of the things happening have never been seen in history. So yeah. you can't use history as an indicator anymore because, well, the only judgment call you have is to observe, sit back and watch and make very strong positions that make sense. Like the Hertz thing makes no, it's just a whack position. I think and you have. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, Nicola, I have people that are, uh -huh. that are still the words have, out of my mouth, man. Keep going. I have yeah. people coming at me going, uh, so Nicola, what do you think? I go, first off, you're crazy. They go, but Tesla did it. And I go, first off, Tesla is not even the same thing. Tesla at least has revenues, has China backing them. 
are killing it. Like they're, they're doing really well compared to before. And yeah. you have a company with zero revenues, pure speculation. And it's already at what? $36 billion 20, now? 20, 20, $28 billion. USD. Zero, USD. Zero revenue. Like you're, you're crazy. <laughs> and you think that after it popping and doubling, now you're going to buy at this price? You're insane. <laughs> if, if you buy, look, the thing is this, oh, I made money. Does not okay, good. You made money, but that was luck. That has nothing to do with common sense. It, 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 it's a learning process too. And sometimes I feel like people are going to learn the hard way. And the only way to do that is to actually lose money. The question yes, is, exactly. how, do you, how do you manage that risk? Yeah. Right? It has to come down to risk management. I'm not going to risk more than like, you know, let I'll let for that type of spec play. I will not risk more than 5% of my portfolio. Yeah. You people risking a hundred percent of their equity on one it's, stock like that, which is like suicide. It's, it's crazy. We saw it in the, the, the Bitcoin run. We saw it in the marijuana run. You saw it yeah. in the, the dot com. You saw it in the yeah. tulip thing. It FOMO fear of missing out has people are so short term sighted that, that, that fear of missing out on making money drives them to make irrational decisions there's another bias that's part of that as well it's called a self-fulfilling prophecy right so what that means is like you buy the stock and it goes up and on like what, what we just saw is like completely irrational and like you feel like you're a genius yeah it's a self-fulfilling prophecy and it's it's a dangerous it's a dangerous bias because if you do that and let's say you go into the next trade and you get really aggressive, you end up screwing yourself because you actually don't understand what's going on. Exactly. You just, to, to, okay, to buy Nikola at 14 billion on zero revenues when very, very few fundamentals support that price range just because it's a tech company, but in reality, it's competing versus the automotive industry because it's stealing their revenues. So on a comparable basis, revenue wise, you're really looking at an automotive industry, not a tech company. Well, so you're talking about Nikola? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's electric it's, truck, so it competes directly with Tesla's. Uh, exactly, stuff. but at the end of the day, Tesla and Nikola, who are they, who are stealing revenues from? They're stealing revenues from the automotive industry, from the regular well, from auto. Ford, Ford, and exactly. And all those so videos. when you're going to make a real comparable at a fundamental level, you're going to compare yourself with them just for the meantime. Maybe down the line, it'll change more towards a tech-based thing, but for now, my comparable on my side, because I would rather be, I would rather give it a better, more of a rational multiple in terms of its evaluation. So I'm going to compare it to the tech, uh, to the automotive industry. Now, if you bought Nikola at 14 billion and you made a double, okay, fine. But take your money off the top. You did it. Take it off. If you're not buying at 26, 28 billion because you're saying, well, it just ran, it's going to continue to run. Now you're just using FOMO. FOMO is literally the driving factors to why you're entering that position after. A hundred percent. You know what the, you know what the irony is too, about these two companies, Nikola Tesla. <laughs> yeah, that's like that, 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 that's pretty funny i, I don't know if yeah. that's a troll on, on on elon musk but it's just some weird weird stuff happening now um so yeah there you know we there you got to look at a top-down approach with this stuff mm -hmm. and you know at this rate with all this money that's going to be printed i know the uh the u.s government had a stimulus of seven trillion they're most likely, and it's getting closer to that point that they're going to add another stimulus package, and that yeah. might be, and that might be the last one that they add. Um, yeah, but right now we haven't seen what we haven't. And that's not taking into account that we don't know what the second wave is going to do. Right, and the question is, are we done the first wave? Have we yeah. plateaued, or are we still part of the first wave? So there's all this uncertainty where people yeah. are buying, and I'm just like, you know what the best decision, the best investment decision that you can make? And Charlie Munger has said this. The best, the most money is made when you're just sitting there patiently waiting. 
Oh, at the bottom made sense. When the market crashed 20% and you started and crashed 30%, boom, you know, you picked up guys. Now things are back and they're pushing highs when the economy is like you said, you know, there's so much uncertainty, new behaviors, things are going on. Like what is wrong to say, worst case, you didn't make any money, but best case scenario is you didn't lose any money. Yeah. You didn't lose anything. What You just sat there with your cash and you waited. If you're 20 years old, 22 years old, 25 years old, 30 years old, you still have time. You don't have to rush. There's going to be plenty of opportunities come down the line. But to make a decision just because, well, everybody else is doing it and the market's freaking panicking and this and that, and then you get bit, no shit that's going to hurt. It's, and it's going to make you not want to invest in stuff because you didn't think about how you entered the market. You just rushed into it because everybody else is rushing it. I, I want to patience. Put, yeah. And I also want to put something into perspective that I'm looking at right now. And I mean, I've been looking at this since, since people were on unemployment, but um, if you look at the total jobless claims for this year, for basically since we were on lockdown, especially in the U S U S is obviously the leading indicator of this 44 million people in the U S are on unemployment insurance right now. And that's another one of your uh, so, macro. Yeah, that's another macro too. Because if you look at what happened in 2008, 2009, that number was well below a million. We're at 44 million people who are jobless. That's 10 million more than we, than we created in the last 12 years. Dude, all the jobs, all the jobs that were created in the last twelve years yeah. is gone. Just so, gone. so think of it. If most, imagine how many of those people have own real estate. Okay. Yeah. So right there, then take it to a fact. Well, how many people are no longer paying commercial real estate people, and they're going to start having problems financially? And now you start seeing. Well, a couple months down the line, you might start seeing a trickle effect in real estate because, well, the first thing is protect the people, protect the people, protect the people. So what happens directly is your house is the first thing you're going to cover or you're just going to defer the payment. But then it's like, well, now uh, I can't- How long can I you defer it though, right? Exactly. Well, now it's just me. So then it's screwed. I'm just going to sell my house. And now everybody wants to sell. And if uh -huh. everybody wants- And then if this is right- Right before COVID, the market was in a, it was a seller's market. Okay. Sellers had more you're control. You're, you're, you're talking about real estate. Right? Yeah, exactly. So in general, because now I'm just talking, I'm just talking generally in terms of uh, individual real estate and some not commercial. So normally it was a seller's market. You know, they had, they could sell at premiums and sell, sell. But now with everything going on, it depending, not it depends on the city too. Cause not every city is going to be the same because it depends on which city recovers fast, which city is more tech based. But cities that are more industrial, that are more, that are more dependent on uh, automotive, that are more dependent on certain sectors that are struggling right now, that whole area, that, that real estate market could come crashing down. I, I a think, lot of people. I think, I think also there's going to be an inflow of people moving to rural areas now. Um, just because of the, the cost the city, of living. The, yeah. city, the city is just, I mean, the cities, the major cities now are like hotbeds for COVID. Yeah. Um, so, and I, I think New York for some reason just saw an outflow of close to like 10, 10 million people go to like other States now. Um, is that linked to politics? Probably we're not, we're not going to talk about politics on this, on this podcast. Um, but there are significant, you know, economic uh, implications with this. And I think you're right, man. Like the, the real estate market is going to take a hit. There's more buyers now than there, there are people are just selling their house, not to mention, not to mention where all these riots have happened, right? I actually saw something, Minnesota, Minneapolis, and St. Paul had an increase of 11% of home listings this past week. See, that, so, see, that increase is what creates 
creates the whole buyer, uh, the, the buyer side of control. It's a buyer's market after. Right. Because they can control the prices. They can because, push because, the prices down. Yeah, because the sellers are just like, we just want to get out of here. Yeah, and you if know, you and have Chicago's another place too. Like we don't. If have you have, about- if you ha- if you have a lot a lot more sellers than you do buyers, and you need to sell, and you're in a market where well, I need to liquidate. The buyers have power to negotiate, and they can bring the price down because well, I have so many people competing with me trying to sell their house, and there's very few buyers out there. Because think of it, 44 million, 44 million people just lost uh, lost their jobs. You have a lot of jobs that are going to go back, companies going to go bankrupt. Uh, then you have commercial real estate that's going to get hit. And then like, there's so much trickle effect in terms of economic macro movements. That's like, guys, man, calm down a little bit with this Hertz and Equali. And then, well, the airlines, the, the, the airlines, yeah, the airlines. Too, for some reason. So it's going to be interesting because I know the airlines, uh, you know, they have earnings coming up in like three weeks. That'll be interesting to see what happens there. Um, I don't want to predict anything because you can't predict the market, but just again, you can speculate. Having, you can speculate. I, I'm speculating here. I, having had multiple discussions with people who are in the industry, who are investors, the technicals don't make sense right now. And I wouldn't <laughs> and, be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if we see another crash. So check if technicals don't make sense and fundamentals absolutely make no sense. You shouldn't you be end, buying. There you go. As you simple as that. Buying. Or else it's pure gambling at that point. You're you just should, really, you're just, Eh, whatever happens. What I would do though, and to be fair, so if there is some buying, buy the buy the blue chip apples, buy the Microsofts, buy buy the companies that have strong balance sheets. Oh, okay. If you're gonna, if we're talking general buying, yeah, like yes, if, of course. If, if there's a, honestly, if there's a dip, I actually picked up a little bit of Starbucks this week. I, I added to my position because there was a there's a pretty they missed earnings that a pretty pretty yeah. terrible dip, and I'm like, you know what? Buy buy the dip. On a good company like that, who's got cash flow, who's got a strong brand, who's got good customer base, um, buy like buy these stocks because over the long term they're gonna pay. Yeah. But that's the key word you just said, right? People have to realize Horizon could put literally puts your strategy into perspective. If you're gonna, go, you have to ask yourself, what is my Horizon on my position? If you have no idea that you're gonna flip flop, and that's when you chances are you you're gonna lose money, you're gonna you're gonna put more money. You don't you have no idea what's happening. If you say I'm going in short term, let's say a year, two years, buying, you have to realize you may not make any money a year or two out from these prices. You we don't know because again the market is not saying is not it doesn't show good stuff. It's showing a lot of bad stuff. Speculation too. Exactly. So and the economy and the economy at the baseline kind of supports things. So if you're gonna buy for a year or two, honestly, I would rather hold cash. If you're gonna go long 10 years, okay, go in. Worst case, down the line, you 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 DCA as the price comes down, you buy in and you bring your price down. Worst case. But if you're short, you're 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 playing a dangerous game. You gotta know you gotta have yeah. you gotta know the market too, like especially if you're older. That's a whole other question and thought process to be had. Right. And the other th- mistake that I think a lot of people do is they they sell they sell on dips and then they buy they end up buying on the on like the rips, right? You yeah, should be, because you should be doing the opposite. You but got, that's and, the flip flopping. That shows in the flip flopping their psychology. Right. And that's the psychology that comes with experience. Like anytime there's a dip like we saw, like that's a great buying day in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, when there's like, a 20, 30 percent dip on good companies, like you were saying, good companies that's good heavy. that's that <laughs> 20, 30 percent if there's a twenty percent dip on Apple, like just buy don't it. Don't even don't even question things. At that point, it's like I'll take my position gift. on that. It's a gift. The rest, sit back and observe. But then, like, boom, go. Yeah. 
So usually, I mean, if, if Apple tanks 30%, that's a gift. It's, sorry, it's, it, unlikely. it's crazy. It's, it's, a, it's a low probability. It's, it's almost unlikely. But it happened, it happened twice in the last two years. That is true. 2008, it happened. And then it happened again now. If you think about it, almost every year we're getting, we're getting at a point where every year you're getting a 20, 30% dip in the best names. Yeah. And those, that's usually the time that you should be buying. You exactly. Know? The hardest thing to do, I've noticed too, is, as an investor is you see the market going up, you see it like going, 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 and you're like, okay, let me buy the stock. And then, you know, you, you don't have a strategy at that point. You know, it, I was, uh, I was like the last two weeks, I like the last two weeks, I've been focused heavily on psychology just because I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to understand a lot of the psychology in terms of the irrational movements and thought process that's leading. So a perfect example is this. When the market was at the bottom, most people were just afraid and didn't want to do no, want nothing to do with the market. Nothing, nothing. And that that's a gold mine for investors. It's a gold mine. Now we're we're down the line. Speaking the market, of gold, hold on. Okay. <laughs> Continue. Okay. So yeah. So now we're down the line. The market reversed. Some of the biggest names are pushing all time highs. You have evaluations that make no sense, and now everybody wants to start buying. Now you want to buy? Really? Now. There's too much you risk. You didn't want to buy two months ago at the bottom, but now that everything's back at the top with so much risk, you want to buy because at the top is where you have a chance of it reversing again. But at the still, bottom, you, be you only had it up. Yeah, you should be uh, it's crazy. Top. People, everybody wants to buy now. Why do you want to buy now? Sit back and just wait, relax. Wait till fundamentals match a bit so that it makes sense for you to enter. Even if the prices are high, if things start to make sense again, okay, you know what? I'm now I'm fine. I'll back into the market. There, but if, yeah, there, there's a, you gotta, you, you gotta also play the probabilities too, right? Um, but that's, that's, yeah, that's, that's, the, that's, yeah. that's, that's really deep, like investing, like what I was looking at this week. And if you look at March and you look at now, um, the, the greed and fear indicator, right? Not the VIX, but there's another yeah. sort of uh, metric for that. Um, you're supposed to, whenever the, the market has so much fear, that's the best time to buy. Whenever there's all this greed in the market that's coming yeah. up, you stay away from that. The crazy thing that we saw though is it was almost like, if you look at the VIX, and again, the VIX is the fear indicator. It's, it's, it's not what, what I just talked about, but it's something, something different. Um, it, it measures the volatility in the market, you know, the moves, the price actions. When we had that down day, the VIX shot up 50%. It was like a rocket ship. And I was just like, wow, like we might actually be going back to a new level that we probably saw um, back in back in March. I had a friend tell me too, he's like, don't be surprised if we see another 85 VIX. And when that happens, then you buy, <laughs> you know? So, okay. So a, a lot of questions too that I had this week as well were like, hey, what do I do in my portfolio? Uh, I'm sure you've had people message you like, what do I do now? Like, this, you know, like wh where are you investing? Where are you doing this? Here's my strategy. If I had cash right now, I would wait. There you go. Simple. If, it, if, it, if, it's, if it's one month, if it's two months, if it's three months, even if the market goes up another 2000 points, which doesn't seem likely at this point, but even if it does, does, to, does do that, don't, don't jump in. You're going to get destroyed. The best back, to, back to your probability thing, which you just said, right? So in, with this, in the example you just stated right there, right? Yeah. So if, in that example, that perfect example, if, if the market does go up this so many points, you have to ask yourself, what is the problem? Like just a random, is it, 
Is it more likely than 50% that it's going to go up or is it less? In my head, it's less than 50%. Like I feel that if I were to enter a position, I see more reasons for th things to go bad than for things to go good. Well, I see, we, we, we agree, Like right? We see more downside risk. Exactly, so that alone, so if you're in your head, you see more downside risk, in your head, that means there's a high probability that there's a bad outlook. Therefore, don't you're betting against the market outlook. And that's, I mean, I mean, that's kind of what I'm doing, but I'm more of a risk taker in this situation. Yes, 100%. And, but you're also, you're also more attentive. See, the thing is, most people who do these things, they don't actually, first off, there's very little experience. Two, they don't have very, they have almost no fundamental understanding of anything. Three, they don't understand any macroeconomic factors. And they just, they're not attentive all day long. You're on your computer all day long. You're attentive. You know, right. you're going to, you're able to adapt and adjust yourself. Most people, they'll enter a position and then they have no idea what the hell they're doing after I had a friend call me and was like, why did I buy? She bought the day before. Um, I'm not going to name her because I don't want to, <laughs> I'm not going to name people, but um, she called me and she was like, yeah, she's like, I bought yesterday. Like, what do I do? I'm like, well, you got to wait now. And that's the painful part because all you see is here's the other thing. Like if you're not a savvy investor, don't go checking your account every day. No, you're going to go, you're, you're going to mess go, with your head. It's going to mess gonna with your go, head. You're going to go absolutely insane. This is a psychology game. It's like, it's like the way I say it to people, think of it as a relationship, right? If every day you're bittering with your partner, you're, and you're always together all day long and you're always fighting. Your head is always in a bad place. If you take a break and you separate each other, you can calm down and you can think a little more rationally. Yeah. It's the same thing when you're going to do with your portfolio, you're going to invest. You have to learn to distance yourself, especially if it's not your job and it's not your livelihood to pay attention to it. If your plan is just to invest and make money down the line, then learn to separate a little bit because stick, it's stick to the blue chips. Stick it's going to companies. That's it's going to mess with your head. Yeah. Um, like if you're going to buy a stock today or tomorrow when the market opens, like I, I, and if you really just don't care, just buy Buy the Apples, buy the Microsofts, buy the Googles, you know, buy, um, buy something that has a really strong balance sheet. The first item that you should look at on their balance sheet, right? When you go, and this is all public information, obviously, yeah. look at their cash balance. Yeah, look at the, here's, a, here's another the nice one. It's security. Security too is a nice one because it's almost as liquid as cash. Right. So, but that's the same thing. It's a short-term asset. It's the second one. Yeah, exactly. Go to the balance sheet, look at how much cash they have. First thing. Okay. Are they well, are they liquid? Perfect. The second thing that I would look at is what's their long-term liabilities, right? This isn't the, the non-current liability sections. Take a look at how big that number is. Okay. There's a very good website. It's called Koifin. This is not a sponsored post, unfortunately, but it's K-O-Y-F-I-N.com. It's literally a poor man's Bloomberg. It does the valuation metrics for you. Here's a, another, another really good evaluation you're talking about now is, um, for example, if you want to find a really a, a simple baseline where you say, okay, anything around this range is a fantastic buy because it all gives it almost no premium is uh, if you take the net value of other assets. So you take asset minus all the liabilities. What's that? What's that number you're left with? Is it 20 billion? Is it a hundred billion? Is it, is it 500 billion? Well, yeah, that's the, have, company's, that's, that's the company's net worth, right? That's the big, exactly. But that's a balance sheet net worth. Whereas yeah. the market will have its own evaluation, but the right. baseline, if I was just to buy you purely based on your assets, what am I looking at? If it's 500 billion and the market's trading at four, and the company's now trading at $400 billion below its net, well, that's a fantastic buy because it doesn't even have a premium anymore. 
You got, yeah, that's, that's pure value investing too. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm, I'm a bit of a speculator, so I've got my chips in other areas that I think will pop, but um, yeah, like it's just, again, this is a risky market right now. I don't, yeah. I, I don't, I don't like the setup. Um, no. And that's you technically, you being a technical guy, me being a fucking fundamental guy. Like yeah. neither of us are comfortable right now. Yeah. And it's just, you know, if even if, again, even if the market goes up, I'm not buying, this is just not a good time to be, no. to be, to be in this situation. So now the question becomes what happens next? Um, oh, wait, before you continue that one, here's another thought for you guys. Start pay, pay, if you if you're just going to be sitting on a cash, 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 Hey, pay off your debts, clean up your own balance sheet. That's actually a very good point. Um, Cause that's, I, I have think, a lot of, I, I, I mean, I, I was, it's funny. I was looking at my personal budget this morning and I was looking at my balance sheet and I was like, okay, like I'm, I'm doing pretty good, you know? Um, yeah, definitely. If you, if you have some cash sitting around, maybe pay off some debt, that credit yeah. card interest rate is pretty, pretty high. And you want to avoid that as best People, as especially now with the summer, usually some of their biggest expenses occur in the summer for people because that's when they do things. But you know, we're not, people are not really doing as much as before. So a lot of people are just, are just supporting on cash or, and then they're, and then because they have cash, it's, well, I'm going to go invest or I'm going to go trade and this and that. But instead of risking your money, go clean up your balance sheet. You know, like we want the government to do, like we want companies to do. Think of yourself as a business. Clean up your balance sheet. Improve your your debt. Improve your balance, like your assets. Just clean it up. It only helps you down the line. Huge. That's definitely very huge. Um, I think now, you know, moving forward, um, the, the the main thing is going to be the cases. Um, I mean, I hope they're. You know the protesting doesn't help either, because people are kind of just like isolate. They're they're like right next to each other. Um, masks. I don't know if people are wearing masks down there or wherever they're at, but um, there. I like this is uncertain time. Yeah. And this will go down in history. And I think I've ten out of ten people that I've spoken to have also the same thing. This will go down in history in the textbooks. We'll look back and be like, what did we do in twenty twenty? Yeah. What did we do in 2020? And there was a meme that was going around saying like, Hey, like do you guys have a time machine to 2020. And then I saw another one that said, maybe 2020 is the year that you start doing stuff, you know? Um, so yeah, don't let a good crisis go to waste. If you want to, to play the market and you lose money, don't look at that as a loss. Look at that as an opportunity is like, Hey, I actually learned something there. Ask yeah, questions. Yeah. Don't be like, yeah. Oh crap. I lost money. Let me put yeah. in another, the, the worst thing you can do by the way. And I did this when I started is, you take a hit and then you put another position in and then you take another hit. If you take a hit, don't trade, don't invest for the rest of the day. Just stop. Yeah. Just stop. Re, re, rebalance your, your position, your, your head, control yourself because like a lot of people will do is, so it, it's a, it's a momentum factor. Okay. So this is psychology. You get in a negative position where you end up losing money. So the next thought you have is shit. I have to remake my money back. So what do you do? You yeah, go a little, <laughs> you go too aggressive in the market. And then it can mess you up because then, well, you, you didn't, you didn't go in thinking I'm trying to do this properly. You're thinking I need to make my money back. So because you're focused on making money back, you're going to be over aggressive and probably over, over screw up your position. You have to rebalance your head and that's why experience matters. So like you're saying, right? If you guys are going to do this, let's take the route where you did lose money. The market, honestly, it's the only, the best lessons you'll ever have from the stock market and investing is when you fail because there's no other way to learn in this game. It's almost impossible to you learn the to, fears. Yeah, you have to lose money, man. 
the, the, the fears, the fear, the, the, the risk aspect of things, not understanding those things it will never lead to real success because you don't know how to gauge it. And because you can't gauge it, you can't build a proper strategy. So you losing is a good thing sometimes, but only depending on how you take it and you, you improve on it. We've all lost. You'll never find an investor trader who has never lost anything. If they have, please cut, please have them call us and tell us what they're doing. And yeah. this is a big shout out to all those Instagram scammers who are trading Forex and trying to sell you some crap. Those guys don't know what they're talking about at all. And they're all fake anyways. I had to throw that in there because I've had an influx of messages and I'm, I'm just like fed up. Um, or just don't put your, your name to like finance. <laughs> um, yeah, no, one, 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 one last thing, I guess, is, okay, so, and I didn't, I, I, it's probably part of like the five things that people need to pay attention to. So again, we'll just do a little recap here. The Fed is leaving the interest rates at zero for two years. Yeah. U.S. is not, uh, they're not shutting down the economy. I would imagine Canada is not going to shut down the economy either. That would be, no. that would be financial suicide. Yeah. Um, the other thing was the record unemployment numbers as well. Yeah. Uh, we also had the cases, right? Yeah. And now the, the last second part, wave, yeah. the second wave too, right? Now the, yeah, last so part, four. the last part, um, I think is kind of just like, what's going to happen to inflation. Right? Yeah. And inflation is important too, because what this is, is it's a wealth killer. Um, inflation yeah. determines your purchasing power. Interestingly enough, and this is short term, um, us inflation actually dipped below zero. Um, so we're in a bit of a deflationary period. Now it is a lagging indicator. You don't actually see it until like later on, but because it's probably going to be so short lived, you probably won't even see it, but it was just really interesting to see how low it went. It was the lowest in a very long time. I think in over like 30 or 40 years. Um, so this is, this is something to pay attention to. This is what everyone's asking is like, uh, and, and I would include also the outlook on potentially the real estate. Like, oh, I feel yes, like there's, yes, yeah, yes. so that's six. Yeah. Like, I feel we, if we were to do this, I think we could add a couple, like, and then there's also the fact is, are we talking pure, are we talking purely, see, the thing is the world is such a global place now that as much as you want to look at only the United States, we could also look at the world and say, well, the rest of the world also has some problems that we're starting to face. Yeah. And if the rest of the world has problems, guess what? Then global, then the global economy is going to have problems. And if the global economy has problems then everybody's hurting. Right. So, and, and here's, here's the other thing that I would say with that is like, okay, because there's all this money that's being pumped in, like p countries are asking for, for, for basically debt, like yeah. stimulus at this point. Um, like we just spoke about Iran, right? For yeah. Iran, IMF, yeah. they, they asked, I uh, they asked five, they asked the IMF to ignore the United States from, uh, in terms of how their position with Iran is and to loan them $5 billion. I mean, it, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with that, but the, the, the amount of printing money that's going on is, is absurd. I've never seen this. Any economist too has never seen this. And um, this is going to affect, this is going to affect inflation. And at some point yeah. it might actually cause, you know, prices of regular grocery stuff to go up as well. You know, you might not even realize it. So it's always good to, you, you got to keep inflation on your back, back pocket because you got to look at it and say, okay, if inflation is 2%, that means my portfolio needs to be 2% just to break even. And if it goes higher than that, if it goes higher than that, you're great, which is why everyone uh, should be investing in the market for the long term because you're in a zero interest rate environment. Where are you going to go? 
where are you going to go? And the Fed actually changed the game now because they bought all this, you know, they, they bought all the assets. This is a Fed rally in my opinion. Yeah. The whole the whole rally too is just driven by Fed stimulus and it's artificial. So I mean, you know, it's a recipe for something pretty pretty ugly again that's going to happen, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, I I would I short term, short term, long term, I look, think we'll, we'll be fine. I do believe that if the government was smart now, because the government everything they do has an impact on the economy. I think that the government and the people need to expect this more of them, especially since they dictate how the economy kind of moves, is they need to find a way to fundamentally innovate the, the, the way we function as an economy, not change capitalism, because I am by far a capitalistic person. I heavily I think, believe in, I think we're, we're both. Yeah, I we're think both, capitalism, we're both. Cap, capitalism just needs a little yes. do-over. It, it needs an innovative, we need to improve some fundamental aspects of it. To, yeah. To account for the fact that the system is 10 times more complex than it's ever been, we, we, that there's talk, so many more people. We, we also talked about in our last episode with like history and education, right? Education yeah. needs a reform. There's no question about oh, that. Oh, 100%. The, the, the fundamental pillars that make a society that you need to improve how we function as a government, improve how we, we hold each other accountable. We need to improve our education, how we understand. Because most people don't understand nothing about politics. Most people understand nothing about the economy. And then they go out there and they demand stuff. But you don't know nothing about anything going on in your reality and you demand things. Why do you demand something you don't even understand? Your, you don't even know what it is you're demanding. <laughs> and then you ask, and but then you go around and you say, well, I want change. Okay, how do you want things to change? Well, I have no idea. You guys change it. So you want the government to change things, but you tell them they have to change it. You're, 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 we're, you want, we're, we're, we're you're demanding... We're bashing socialism right now, but under uh, understandably so. <laughs> the people, the pe it's irrational. The people demand change from a system that they also want that same system to give them the solution. Yeah. If, if you're a millennial, you're becoming the apex. Handle your own stuff now. Start talking with your peers and start learning how to change it within ourselves. It's, agreed, man. Agreed. There's Again, too much we, irrational... We talked about this last episode, which is, it's all linked. Everything is linked at this point. Guys, um, the economy is linked to everything you do in your life. Everything. Yeah. It, it's, it's an economic planet and you, you, you got it. You got to learn to a certain degree. You got to understand the game. And if you want to build wealth, you got to understand these metrics. Yeah, that's the, the part. That, the one risk that we forgot to talk about. Um, it's an election year in the U.S. Huh, yeah. Forgot about um, that. I understand that. Okay, we don't, you know, politics aside, but there is political risk now in the market. Oh yeah. And I'm not going to predict anything. Um, you know, I hope the U.S. figures this out because there's just a lot of chaos there right now. Yeah. Um, I got a lot of American friends. I I hope you guys are safe. But um, they are projecting that if Biden gets elected there might be a 25% downturn in the market. I wouldn't, now, be, I wouldn't they said, be surprised. They, they said the same thing about Trump. So if Trump would get elected, the market would actually tank. Now, and can I, can I, I want to, I want to, I want to tell, like, I want to say a little something about that specifically. Now we're, we're talking about politics, but we're talking about politics in terms of how it impacts the economy. So 100%. ignore. So for everybody that's going to listen to this, ignore, ignore who, yeah, ignore who we're talking about in terms yeah. of why it, the reason is this, okay. From a, it's if I'm if I'm in a bad position right now, okay, and you have, for example, and, and it's Trump that's currently at the head of this uh, of the system. At least they know what's been going on, and they've been the ones developing a strategy and doing so on and so on. So they know what's happening. 
If you take a new person and you put him in, in this pile of disastrous position who has no idea what's really, doesn't really know what's going on, didn't develop a plan, doesn't have his team aware of anything, comes in and says, well, yeah, oh crap, what do I do now? He's not, he's not the one on top of things. Just from a pure, pure fundamental aspect of things, I want Trump to stay just because he's, he knows what's been going on at least. So at least his team is better positioned to come out of this than taking a random person who clearly seems to be having some memory problems <laughs> and putting him in leadership. And now right. the cat, the cat's out of the bag, but go ahead. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like it doesn't make sense rationally. It is not a political thing. Like I couldn't care less. I just want effective people to lead. Now take out the whole, even if both of them are in it or if, both of them are not effective leaders. Okay, it doesn't matter at this point because the point is, look what's going on. Who's in a better position to handle what's going on? Sorry, but it's the one that's been there for the last four years and the one that can do something right now is Trump more than Biden. Just because Biden is going to come in with having done nothing and doesn't know what's going on and didn't make any decisions. It doesn't have a plan to this whole outlook. So electing him, to me, creates even more uncertainty. I, I agree with that. And again, I'm trying to not be biased here, but I think it, it, it's just going to come down to, to what, what we think is good for economics and wealth creation. But um, yeah, man, like, uh, you know, we'll try to keep this as less political as possible. But I, I think that um, if Biden does get elected, there's going to be much deeper problems because Trump understands the economy. Um, whether or not people like him is, in my opinion, so irrelevant. Right now, um, it's not. It should not even be a factor. Should, of who, should, uh, yeah, it shouldn't be a factor of who people decide. Obviously, freedom of speech plays into play. You're entitled to your own opinion. They're going to vote for whoever they think is appropriate. But you got to look at it too from a logical perspective. Trump actually is the jobs president. Okay, Trump, and uh, everyone's going to say, "Well, the unemployment is down." Uh, sorry, the unemployment is so high. Well, it's like, yeah, we just shut down the economy for some yeah. time, right? So when Steven Mnuchin came out, Treasury Secretary came out and said, hey, we're not shutting down the economy if there's another outbreak, you have to understand why that's important. If yeah. they shut down the economy again, screwed. We're, screwed. Our, Canada, US, the whole, the, the whole world, we're going to be in yeah. a depression. It's a yeah. D word. Yeah. Dep depression and this is like 1929 stuff we might be in this for 10 years yeah so like think about that again we'll see what happens you know that's why democracy exists i think guys being in a yeah just like you're saying right the if you if you're gonna enter if you're gonna be if you're gonna participate in the game be a strategist think of things properly don't go in with your feelings and that's how you and the people feeling things that are saying, well, this is my, this is what I think. Nah, nah, nah. Okay. You're going to choose Biden, this and that. But if you're a strategist right now, it just, I, I can't, I can't see a fundamental reason right now as to why you would shift your leader. Okay. Worse. It, it, you could say both of them are garbage, but it, it, what it's politics because, though. It's like, it's always, you know, like ju that. just <laughs> because you don't like him, you're going to go for him. Okay. But he's still bad. In this scenario, who's a who's in a better position to bring us out of this? I'm sorry, but for now, I think it's Trump purely because he's, he's already in he's already in the position. He's the, the one that's been dealing with all this, and his team has been on top of things in terms he's, of he's trying also, to figure out. He's also pro business, right? Like he 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 understands that if they 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 start, you know, 
closing up businesses and start punishing businesses for doing things that like, you know, maybe the people on the left don't necessarily agree with. It's going to actually slow down the growth. Right. And I mean, it's an interesting time, man. Like we'll have to see what happens. November, November 3rd, I believe is the election day. There's a lot, there's debates that need to happen on that side. Um, That will, that will move the markets. Trump has a way of moving the markets more than most presidents ever have. Um, that's why we're talking about it because it, it, it plays a significant role. I'm actually looking here. Um, Trump got elected and the market shot up 5% the next day. So if that's any indication of future expectations, and again, I'm not trying to be biased here, but that, that, that should, that should dictate how the market likes, uh, you know, the, the, the political leaders of, of the United States of America. <laughs> I will say though, if you guys want to say the only the one thing I'll say is for you guys to give you guys a little something is I agree. He can improve his communication skills, but uh, <laughs> I, I, think, I think, I think everybody can agree with that. Whether you're, whether you're Republican or not, like, he, but, but you have to give him credit. Like he is, no, but that's it. he is, he, he is who he is and he doesn't care. Exactly. It's like an old person. You give an, you give an old person social media. An old person is not used to social. Like they've never really, they didn't grow up interacting. So to him, it's like a, I don't even know how he's thinking with social media, but it's funny. <laughs> Because he acts really odd. He's just being, he's just being himself. Yeah, it's, he well, it's odd. He, it's funny. He, does, he, he doesn't care. It's funny. It's funny. Um, it's funny. I know. It's so funny. We took from but finance. But I do act. agree. I do agree that you know more about Trump than any other leader because you know everything he's doing and he says it. So from a transparency perspective, at least you can't call, you can't really do, you can't really say much bullshit on Trump because you know everything he's doing. He's very clear and apparent about it. Yeah. So as a person who wants accountability, you kind of want people to be more on their social media because it's the only way to really see what they're thinking, what they're saying. So you kind of get a better relationship with your leader. So in a way down the line, you know, leaders should potentially have more presence on social media. It's how we engage as millennials. So it just makes sense. It it used to be like, you'd have to wait for the prime minister or the president to come to your town to see him. Now it's just like you've, you've 24 seven access. I mean, that's the exactly. world we live in now. I would rather know what he's thinking on a daily basis than hear from my president once a month. Yeah. And then be surprised by certain outcomes, but exactly. It, it's interesting. I mean, I, again, it's uncertain times. If you're going to play the market, play it with caution. Don't, don't over leverage yourself. Yeah. God forbid. Don't, use a margin account and it's like go three to one leverage on your account. Like, like it's just, it's don't do that. But guys, I, I think long-term, yeah. I think long-term Nick and I are pretty bullish short term. Yeah. There's just too much uncertainty, right? Look, now. either way, whether it's the market or ourselves, I'm pretty sure both of us are bullish just on our behaviors and, and our outlook in life generally. Well, I'm so, pretty optimistic. Exactly. So, the market will only be a reflection of how I perceive myself and how confident I am in myself. I'm not worried. Hey, bring me any kind of landscape. I'll figure it out because that's how I have, that's the game I have to play. If I'm not going to play the game, then I'm just going to complain and I'm not going to complain. I want to handle my stuff. So through whatever game, through whatever outlook, through whatever you want, one way or another, I'll make it work for myself because I want to be rich and I want to have fun. And I want to, I just want to be known to kill the game. Like, you know, so throw wealth, it. Wealth, wealth creators. Wealth creators. Go. That's that's really the goal here. Um, yeah, we'll leave it at that. Um, pretty pretty interesting stuff that's gonna happen on unfold. And again, um, even though we were just talking about politics, I do think it's Trump's birthday today. So happy <laughs> happy birthday, Donald Trump. Um, 
we'll we'll, we'll see where that goes though in, in November. But it's it's gonna move the market, and it's gonna it's gonna move it's gonna move it bigly. Big yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I agree with the 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 election part of it. Yeah. So anyway, guys, be attentive, guys. Just open your ears, open yeah. your eyes, pay attention. If you got any questions, reach out. Um, we got our website. You know, we're on Instagram. Don't be don't yeah. be afraid. We're here to help you guys because that's really what we're trying to do here. I think we'll leave it at that, man. Yeah. No. All right. Be careful, guys. Be careful. Enjoy your week. Stay safe out there. We'll see you next week. Ciao, guys.